welcome to Foss and Crafts, a podcast about free software, free culture, and making things together. With my co-host Morgan and my co-host Christine, this week we are returning to the topic of sprightly. That's right. We had a listener ask, and actually a few people have asked, whether or not we could do another sprightly update episode. And there's actually a ton to go through basically the last time we did a sprightly episode was a year ago when the website first launched Mm -hmm. and a lot has happened so if you haven't listened to our first episode on sprightly that would probably be helpful to listen to first although not entirely necessary we'll link it in the show notes but if you have not listened to that and you're not going to go back christine would you mind giving us a very brief intro into what the sprightly project is I sometimes say Sprightly is a project to level up the federated social web, but really Sprightly is the project to figure out what the next foundational layers are we need to build distributed internet applications. And of course, since it's me, one of the primary target uses of the tooling is for social networks and so on and distributed social networks. But There's all sorts of things we need that for, and so Sprightly is a pretty broad project trying to get all those pieces together to change the way we do internet computing that's healthier and safer for everyone. Yeah, and it's also a project of projects, right? There's seven, I think. Seven? Uh, I'm not looking at the website right now, but yeah. There are multiple different projects under the Sprightly umbrella So we're going to be talking about what work has happened in the last year and the next steps. So I think we're going to be talking about three of those nested projects. Yeah. Yeah. So the big news is we had a generous grant from NLNet that has been supporting me through most of the last year. And uh, that work is mostly wrapped up now. And the good news is also that we have got another grant and Jessica Tallon who I've worked with a lot before in the past. Uh, We co-authored and co-edited the Activity Pub spec together. There were other people who also worked on it, but she was kind of the person I worked most closely with. And And you worked with Jessica also on Media Goblin. That's right. We had initially hired her to work on Federation a long time ago as an internship through Outreach Program for Women. And then after we ran the second crowdfunding campaign, we basically used it to hire her and then... Both of our time jumped and kind of pivoted from Media Goblin to Activity Pub as the main thing. And so in many ways, that crowdfunding campaign kind of paid for things. But that that was a long time ago. You know, for the last few years, though, she's been working at Egalia, which is a worker cooperative in Europe where people do software development, largely on compilers. And that's like a lot of what she did, but also accessibility and stuff. But anyway, with this grant, we brought her in to work on pet names. Or did I jump ahead? Uh, no, you just said that you got a grant for Jessica to work on this, but you haven't said who the grant is from. Oh, well, the grant is also from an LNET. Same, yeah. same people who generously supported us last time. In general, I think it's important to credit. <laughs> we want to credit an LNET uh, yeah. and NGI Zero for their support on the previous grant and on this grant. Uh, we're really grateful. And uh, also, obviously, grateful to Patreon donors to this podcast. Also oh, yeah. supportive. Very, uh, very supportive. Thank you all. Yes. And so as of the time this podcast is posted, and in current time of Morgan and I sitting on the couch next morning for me, we will have posted an interview with Jessica Talon on the sprightlyproject.org blog. So that's S-P-R-I-T-E-L-Y project 
org, and uh, we'll link that in the show notes. We'll link that in the show notes. So I didn't need to spell that out, but I did anyway. So what will you and Jessica be working on? So it's about pet names and applying pet name systems. So if we're talking about the nested projects within projects, this would be Brooks, right? That's right. So Brooks is the pet name system part of Sprightly. It's basically, um, and a little bit more, it's basically where the decentralized identity management components go, but also kind of where the, um, like, kind of trust management components go for managing, like, you know, who have you given authority to on what things and stuff like that. Um, So... Jessica is being hired to the the main application that we're going to be extending to show things off is starting in the Goblin Chat application we already have. And we're going to be kind of fleshing that program out and she's going to be adding that system. And she's been actually already working for the last week and a half and has been picking up things lightning fast. I mean, like about half a year ago, she went through the Goblins tutorial and gave some feedback and I already knew she could understand things, but I have been throwing a lot at her, and she is really good at picking up all these things and actually even challenging me on some of the ideas. But um, if you read the blog post, I think you'll see she seems very happy using the sprightly code base and contributing to it, and I'm extremely happy having her on board. Yep, Jessica's great. So we're looking forward to seeing what comes out of that. And pet names is kind of a big topic, so we're going to save it for a future episode, probably. Yeah, that's definitely going to be at least a whole episode on its own. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff to talk there with decentralized naming and doing it right, which most projects right now, I have strong opinions, are not. Mm -hmm. But I think we do know how to do it better. But anyway, let's move on. So, Christine, what have you been working on in Sprightly over the last year? Well, we already mentioned the NLNet grant, right? Mm Mm-hmm. What did the NLNet grant cover? So there were really a few pieces. One of the pieces that kind of behind the scenes it actually really covered was a lot of the work on the CAPTP stuff, which we'll talk more about later, which is like the networking layer components of Sprightly and those abstractions. Mm -hmm. But that grant was about content-addressed interfaces and descriptors. So we put out a paper showing off those ideas. And that paper really kind of is wide ranging and thinking about how naming works and actually the good predecessor paper to what we're going to be doing in pet names. So we got that paper out, but the what really, really the grant was paying for was getting all of that tooling done for the networking code. Yeah. And then more recently, the the last step you had to get your grant in just about a week ago was porting goblins to Guile, correct? That's right. So one of our milestones was to get it running in a different language runtime. And I've got goblins running on top of the Guile programming language environment. And the basics of getting the CAPTP stuff up, it, it is up there and in a branch. I don't recommend that the Guile port of goblins be publicly used yet. Within the next month, I hope, of getting it to a point where I can recommend that Guile developers start using it. But right now, I'm, I'm still kind of nailing down the pieces, and I'll be making a for-public consumption announcement soon. But the good news is, Goblins does run on Guile now, and is pretty awesome there. Yeah, excellent. And then another one of the nested projects is Ori. Can you tell me what you've done on that and how it ties in? Yeah, well, I guess to understand Ori, you have to understand Goblins, which I think we've just mentioned without really describing what that is, I guess. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, so gobl- I mean, if, if you listened to the last episode, we described each of the... Yeah, you'll have heard each one of them individually. But just as a review, Goblins is a distributed programming environment. It's basically mostly following what people think of as an actor model, but even more so what it's really following is a lot of ideas borrowed from the e-programming language. That's actually getting way too deep into it. I feel like we still need to do an episode specifically on goblins. I think that we've got seven episodes lined up of each of the different nested sub-projects. That's right. So why don't I keep it simple? Goblins is the core decentralized networked programming environment layer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you kind of build all of the main components on top of that. And one other piece, which is the Portabella distributed storage. So Ori, what is that and how does it fit in? Yeah. So Ori is, well, if you look at the picture of each one of these creatures, it might not be obvious, but each one of them has a mascot. And those mascots are there for different reasons. Ori looks like a little kind of like fiery character. That's actually intentional because that character was there because I was thinking about, you know, the myth of the phoenix where the phoenix is a bird of fire and it goes out in flame, but then it rebirths from that flame, right? And so... Worry is about taking a live and running goblin system and serializing the running process without needing to use the underlying programming language to snapshot the system. Doing that, but doing so securely. And so securely might sound strange. Well, what do you mean by doing it securely? Well, what I mean is, is that, for example, let's say you had a running distributed game and you wanted to save your game world and you're asking the objects what should you look like when you wake up again? Except the objects are not allowed to ask for more authority than they previously had. So somebody couldn't say, I had all this money in a laser gun that can destroy anybody by pointing at it. It actually um, can only describe the things that it currently can do. But it also is useful as to being able to do upgrades of the system and stuff like that. It's based on a paper called Safe Serialization Under Mutual Suspicion by Marcus Miller. And that paper, in turn, was based on an idea that Jonathan Reese had expressed to Mark called Unapply. But I'm getting too far into the details. The core thing is, it's a way to save a running goblins process and bring it back to life. So the question was, what progress has been made on it in the ah, last year? Ah, that is a different question. Well, it didn't exist before the last year. So it was planned, but it hadn't been written yet. And now it actually exists. And Jessica is actively using it in the new project. And so the Phoenix can now be reborn because it's been born in the first place. That's right. It's There's a lot more that I think could be added to it, but the core functionality works. Nice. All right. And then I feel like there's a lot of OCAPs and OCAPN stuff that's happened. Well, I mean, everything about Brightly is OCAPs is in terms of object capabilities, but OCAPN stands for the Object Capability Network. So this is kind of how we're describing the network abstraction suite of Sprightly and specifically Sprightly Goblins, but not just for Sprightly. Um, So CAPTP, you may have heard me say it before. That's how we basically do the distributed programming. But there's a couple of other layers there, including the network abstraction layers. But the main thing is is that we are collaborating with um, a couple of other partners to try to generalize this and see if we can get all of our CAPTP implementations to work together. So you've started a group to work on interoperability, correct? That's right. We're not quite at the standards phase. It's people who are already implementing CAPTP talking with each other. We're not trying to make it too big where we're 
going to run into a standards group too fast, which I think I've seen happen too many times before in the past. We're working with people who have already know how to implement this. And our main people we're collaborating with there are the folks at Agoric and also the people who've worked on Sandstorm and Cap'n Proto and stuff like that. So anyway, I'm feeling really optimistic about that. Um, yeah. All right. The next thing just says handoffs. So I don't know how to segue other than saying I'm going to hand it off to you. Ah, okay. That's a good pun. You should actually keep that in there just the way you said it. Yeah. So there was progress on a piece called handoffs. So the, the key idea is that using OCAPN and CAPTP, you're able to do distributed programming that kind of allows you to have these live references. They're very efficient in CAPTP where they're just like integers on both sides and you're able to send messages back and forth between each other. But the problem is if that's just from machine to machine and what happens when, you know, Alice on machine A needs to hand Bob on machine B access to Carol on machine C. And this is kind of weird. Object capability people have a history of using human names to describe objects. So those are the objects, Alice, Bob, and Carol. Replace them with, you know, imaginary robots in your head instead, if you want to. But the idea is that, you know, all three of those robots or objects or whatever you want to call it, um, they need to be able to pass references between each other. And there wasn't a way prior to implementing handoffs for machines for basically you to share access with an object on another machine with another object that was on a different one. So handoffs are this kind of complicated, weird looking protocol. Um, but there's a core good idea under the hood. It took me a while to figure it out, but it is implemented and I feel pretty proud of the way that we did it. Excellent. So what's going on with generalized net layers? Okay. So first of all, all these ideas that I'm talking about here, CAPTP, et cetera, et cetera, they're borrowed, like these go back about 20 years or so, maybe even 25 years um, to the e-programming language days. Um, and have been kind of built on since back in the day, there was CAPTP and there was something called VATTP, which had a, was a terrible name because it didn't really explain things. All VATTP really means is... CAPTP is general enough that it can run on top of all sorts of network layers. So it could run on top of, you know, DNS plus TCP plus uh, TLS, which is how most people connect to things on the internet these days. Or it could run on top of Tor Onion services, which we currently have implementation support for. Um, or it could run on top of, you know, like, let's say carrier pigeons with tiny backpacks with micro SD cards on them, right? It's abstracted so that it doesn't matter which protocol it's running on top of, and those different protocol abstractions are called different net layers. So Mark Miller and I had a conversation. I said, I don't like the name VATTP. I'm now calling it MCTL, like Machine Communication Transport Layer. And he's like, that's terrible, but I agree VATTP was terrible. So we're like, what about net layers? And it turns out that's also like the name of a kind of ship that for defense purposes lays down nets in naval situations. So we were like, Oh, okay. Well, actually, that's a pretty good name. So anyway, that's what happened with that. We now have a couple of example net layers, one of them which just fakes a network connection and one of them which uses Tor Onion services and helps you set them up. So I'm pretty happy with that and more are to come. So if you have this system running on carrier pigeons uh -huh. and the carrier pigeons have names, does that mean that it would also have a pet name system? Oh, my God. 
Yeah, I mean, you can have a pet name system for your your, but that I mean, you know, that's that's a pretty recursive operation. But I think, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, all right. Well, we should keep going. So I've heard you grumble before about how everyone wants this thing called coroutines, but it's not necessarily safe to do. So how is goblins helping that? So I actually used to think that coroutines were how everything should be implemented. In the previous actor model system I implemented, 8sync was entirely built on coroutines. Uh, and when reading the OCAP literature, there were some things that Mark Miller said that really convinced me that they can be unsafe, especially for something called reentrancy attacks, which is basically, it looks like to programmers that they're writing normal, ordinary, straight ahead code, but their code is written in such a way where it gets suspended and the world can change around it, resulting in weird security issues. So that's still a valid criticism, but the core thing is we have a reasonably reasonable way to put coroutines in in goblins that's reasonably safe we make you do extra work to put them in place because those hazards can still exist and the programmer should have to learn what they are before they use them but uh we do have them though excellent so i think you've also been doing more integration with rackets io system as well is that correct yeah, so Racket already has its own idea of how to do um, basically input and output for asynchronous programming. And previously trying to get that to work with goblins was like really annoying. And so, I mean, the short version of it is, is that now there's this thing called like sync slash PR. Uh, and Jonathan Fredrickson sent me a nice pull request, not different expansion of PR that documents this sync promise feature. I'll pull that in shortly, but the code has been in there for a few months. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about how much easier it is to write code that kind of cooperates with the other asynchronous pieces of Goblins. Excellent. So that's what you've done in the last year on Sprightly. And where do you see Sprightly going from here? Well... Within this next year, I expect to be actually using it. Jessica and I have our goal. Within the next month, we're actually going to use some of the core tooling to be our daily communication as we collaborate on things. So we're now moving out of the space where I'm focusing on just the lowest levels to like starting to move into, okay, we want to make sure that we can use this every day for practical purposes. Um, so that, I think, is pretty big. It's convenient that that happened, uh, where you've got the ability to work as teams in Sprightly once you get a team for Sprightly. That's right. And I expect to say a lot more about Sprightly and team building and community stuff for a long time. It was intentional that this project was kind of very research-focused, where I wasn't trying to do as much community building and organization building. I expect to say more about that changing. But I'm going to hold off on that for the moment. Mm-hmm. So, more announcements to come in the future. That's right. And then there's this very important sprightly update. Well, this one's actually something we've been talking about all the things I've been doing in the last year regarding sprightly. But this one, you actually are the one who pulled off this, it's a fair to say, award-winning uh accomplishment i did win an award that's right like textually like yeah. but do you want to explain textily. what you did textily Ooh, textily do you want to explain what you won yeah so 
Or was it contest? Is yeah, that technically it was a contest. A, it might it, not be an award. It was a contest, at least. Yeah. We recently keynoted at Seagull, the Seattle GNU Linux conference, and they had scheduled a costume contest immediately before our keynote. That's right. And as a costumer, my options were either to not participate in a costume contest or do a costume that we could either wear during a keynote or take off components and then they'd just look like normal clothes. So what I did was I made costumes of... Two out of the three of the ones we've talked about yeah, today. Yeah, two out of three of the of the sprightly uh, nested projects that we've talked about today. They're mascots, specifically. Yeah, the mascots. So I dressed as Brooks, which is a mouse for the pet name system. And Christine dressed as the titular goblin of goblins. That's right. Uh, Morgan did an awesome job. And I forget which one you won. There were like three awards or something like that and you won one of them or I think maybe it was four. most creative most creative okay that sounds <laughs> about right anyway it was fun and we we got to incorporate it into our talk just a mm-hmm. little bit and also i mean on that note i felt like the keynote went really well uh i think it did yeah i think that keynote was recorded they said that they said it was recorded so we'll probably actually put up the audio from that keynote as an episode maybe on here yeah. at some point but at, or at least link the video yeah well the, at least reshare the video yeah anyway i think that's it for sprightly updates so that is the current state of sprightly there will be more announcements in the future that's for right. things that are happening i expect this to be a big year um all right okay well thank you morgan for providing the interview structure for this episode thank you for all of your work making sprightly happen yeah thanks and i Yes. Well, wait. No, wait. We're, let's say one more thing before we get off this episode. We have been saying we are going to add this to the episodes for a while, and then we just keep forgetting to do it every episode. So, And we're like, well, I guess we can't do it yet. So we are going to start a thing on this podcast starting next episode, where at the end of episodes, we thank some of the people who donate on Patreon. Yes. So this time we will just blanket thank everyone who supports us on Patreon because seriously that has been invaluable to giving us the time and space to create this podcast. Yeah, and even a lot of the sprightly stuff. So we will begin thanking the list of current and also newly signing up Patreon donors as of next episode. On that note, thank you all for listening and bye everybody. Bye. Foss and Crafts is released under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 International License. It's hosted by Morgan Lemmerweber and Chris Lemmerweber. The intro music is composed by Chris Lemmerweber, meaning myself, in Milky Tracker and is released under the same license as the show. The outro music is Enchanted Tiki 86, composed by Alex Smith of The Cynic Project and is waved into the public domain under CC0 1.0. See cynicmusic.com for more information. You can get in contact with us on the Fediverse, Foss and Crafts at octodon.social, on Twitter as at Foss and Crafts, or you can email us, podcast at fossandcrafts.org. We also have a chat room. 
Join our community in hash fossincrafts at irc.libera.chat. If you'd like to support the show, you can donate at patreon.com forward slash foss and crafts. That's it for this week. Until next time, stay free and stay crafty. To have coroutines and goblins, but they are kind of restricted in a way that's Let's start that sentence over. But there's kind of, kind of, kind of restricted in a way that's safer. And uh, um, I'm sorry, we did get to the cat shenanigans part of the episode. Missy, the audience is not going to find cat shenanigans to be funny bloopers forever. We have to continue. She just jumped directly on top of the outline. <laughs>